0: This is All The Cool Parts number 20 for October 7th, 2010. Hey everybody, welcome back to episode 20 of All the Cool Parts for October 7th, 2010. And uh, on this week's show, I'm going to present two different CDs of the same composer. This being the Argentinian composer of Nuevo Tango, Astor Piazzolla. The first CD that I'm going to present to you guys is the cd recorded uh, of a live performance from 1982 of uh, Astor Piazzolla's own group in Buenos Aires and then after that i'm going to play a more modern take on piazzolla's music by a group put together by the uh, cellist yo-yo ma that was released in
1: 1997
0: yeah, So that was the man himself, Astor Piazzolla, uh, from the 1982 concert in Buenos Aires, uh, the first CD that I'm going to present. And uh, that was with his own group his own quintet that he put together um just a little background first about uh, Astor Piazzolla he was born march 11th 1921 in mar del plata that's in argentina and uh he died on july 4th 1992 in buenos aires and uh he was sort of a international figure uh, uh he was born to italian immigrant parents and uh when he was just a child they moved from Argentina to New York City. So he spent a lot of his childhood and formative years in New York. Um, But he eventually returned to his native land of Argentina. And uh, I think he was really Argentinian through and through um, his entire life. Uh, Piazzolla was not a typical composer of uh, certainly classical music. And his music gets into this territory of, and I've talked about this before on other episodes, Uh, notably, I think it was episode six, where I interviewed uh, guitarist Kevin Gallagher, and we talked about his rock band, chamber group, electric company. And we talked about this whole issue of, you know, what is classical music? And what does that term mean in 2010? Um, That term, that idea of classical music was turned on its head, you know, multiple times during the last century. And Piazzolla is one of the people that really turned it on its head in his own way. Um, When you listen to his music and uh, when I play the excerpts and get into them, you're going to really hear uh, that it straddles this line between classical and jazz and tango, and you know, it's sometimes it's you know, the pendulum swings more to the classical side, sometimes it swings over to the jazz side, but really, it's all nuevo tango, it's all its own genre. So, uh, you know, we can constantly talk about this question of what is classical music, but. Um, Piazzolla's music was informed by both worlds. Uh, not even both, both uh, in first two. It was informed by many worlds, many worlds of music. And uh, classical just being one of them, a, a big part of it. Uh, Piazzolla grew up with this music, this tango in his family. And uh, at a young age, he was introduced to the bandoneon by his grandfather, And the bandoneon was an accordion-like instrument, a little bit, I don't know, sort of smaller than and differently shaped than a regular accordion. And also the regular accordion has, you know, one side has the buttons and the other side has a kind of piano keyboard layout. The bandoneon just had buttons on both sides. And from what I understand uh the buttons are laid out in a really strange configuration uh that doesn't make a whole lot of intuitive sense so anyway this was the uh instrument that Piazzolla played his entire life and uh he grew up playing this instrument in tango bands uh in New York and uh then also when he went back to Argentina and he played in tango bands in nightclubs and cabarets um of the time and uh, when he was in Argentina he was uh had the opportunity to study with this uh, famous pianist Anton Rubinstein who encouraged him to go study sort of classical composition with the Argentinian composer Alberto Ginastera uh, which he did and while studying with Ginastera you know he was uh exposed to all this classical music of course and uh he wrote a bunch of classical music, symphonies and chamber music. And Hinastera encouraged him to submit this orchestral piece that he wrote to a composition contest, which he won. And as a result, got a grant from the French government to go study composition with Nadia Boulanger, who was uh, this major, major figure in teaching composers uh, across almost the whole of the 20th century. And uh, just to give you an idea of some of the people that studied with Boulanger, I mean, the list is incredible, but uh, I'll just read you a select number of names of these people that, that studied with her. Aaron Copeland, Elliot Carter, Philip Glass, Irving Fine, Virgil Thompson, Roy Harris, Walter Piston... Bert Bacharach, Daniel Berenbaum, Leonard Bernstein, John Elliott Gardner, Egberto Gismonti, uh, Giancarlo Menotti, and <laughs> another name that I was totally surprised by Quincy Jones. Yes, that Quincy Jones studied with Nadia Boulanger. So, uh, and it, you know, the list goes on and on. So, N- Nadia Boulanger is like a whole other show but she was kind of the person to go study with in the 20th century. She was not only obviously a great teacher, but she was incredibly well connected, uh, and could, uh, not only help these people with, uh, their lives as composers, uh, on every level, but also help them professionally as well, which she did with many, uh, of her students using her, uh, kind of vast artistic connections. um, Anyway, it was uh, Boulanger that helped Piazzolla find his voice as a composer. And uh, this is an issue, you know, um, that affects every composer is, you know, finding their identity as a composer. You know, that's something that every composer struggles with, even myself, you know. Uh, Who am I as a composer? What? music is my music and when you're a young composer you know you start out by emulating all these people that you like and uh, that is exactly what Boulanger heard in Piazzolla's uh, music and I'm going to read you this little quote from Piazzolla's uh, biography and it basically talks about when he went to study with Boulanger and it's kind of Kind of amusing, but here, I'll I'll read it to you. So, it starts. When I met her, I showed her my kilos of symphonies and sonatas. She started to read them and suddenly came out with a horrible sentence. It's very well written. And stopped with a big period, round like a soccer ball. (laughs) After a long while, she said, Here you are like Stravinsky, here like Bartok, here like Ravel, but you know what happens? I can't find Piazzolla in this. And she began to investigate my private life, what I did, what I did and did not play. If I was single, married, living with someone, she was like an FBI agent. And I was very ashamed to tell her that I was a tango musician. Finally, I said, I play in a nightclub. I didn't want to say cabaret. And she answered, nightclub. But that is a cabaret, isn't it? Yes, I answered and thought, I'll hit this woman in the head with a radio. (laughs) It wasn't easy to lie to her. She kept asking, "'You say that you're not a pianist. What instrument do you play?' I didn't want to tell her that I was a bandoneon player because I thought, "'Then she will throw me from the fourth floor.' Finally, I confessed, and she asked me to play some bars of a tango of my own. She suddenly opened her eyes, took my hand, and told me, "'You idiot! That's Piazzolla!' And I took all the music I composed, ten years of my life, and sent it to hell in two seconds." Uh, that's the end of the quote. So, um Nadia Boulanger was famous for many things, but she was famous for helping composers find who they really were and you know, what music uh really was them. And uh she was the one who helped Piazzolla discover Piazzolla. And from that point on, he literally was Piazzolla for the rest of his life and uh, he knew who he was and he knew what his music was and that is a rare gift for any composer uh, to receive that kind of revelation. Um, So, anyway, um, he continued, you know, in this vein to to write tango and uh, he changed tango forever. Now, I should say uh, that there is a quote or a saying in Argentina. It goes something like, in Argentina, everything may change except the tango. And uh, this was painfully realized in Piazzolla's life because there were many purists of the tango in Argentina that were not happy with what Piazzolla was doing with it. And uh, some were so upset that uh, they would make death threats to Pietzola and members of his band, um, but they continued to. Uh, he continued to revolutionize the tango. This this whole idea of the tango, and incorporate all of this stuff that he learned from classical music and jazz music, and incorporate it into the tango, and uh, make something. You know, really completely new, and that's why it's called Nuevo Tango. So, on these two different recordings that I'm going to present to you guys, the first being the recording from the 1982 concert by Astro Piazzolla's group from 1982, did I just say that? <laughs> In Buenos Aires. Uh, you know, the one thing that you notice about this is first, just the Atmosphere of the concert. It's uh, much more like a rock concert would be here than a classical music. It's not at all like a a classical music concert would be here. Um, The musicians are, they're all like Piazzolla. They straddle this line and they're equally at home in a uh, more classical vein and also with jazz and jazz improvisation. And uh, it all combines to create this uh, Nuevo Tango. And there is no delineation of style in this. It's just all part of the same whole. Um, so the musicians of Astor Piazzolla's group from this uh, time period is, of course, Astor Piazzolla himself on the Bendoneon, uh, Pablo Ziegler on piano, and I'll talk a bit about him a little bit later, um, Fernando Suarez Paz violin, Horacio Malvicino guitar and Hector Console bass. Um, this was his quintet for many, many years. And uh, I think it went from 1979 to just before his death in 1991. Um, and uh, you'll hear <laughs> a great disparity. ...in style between this first CD and then the second CD that I'm going to play you guys... ...which is the 1997 release called The Soul of the Tango... uh, ...spearheaded by cellist Yo-Yo Ma. And it's a similar group. It's not quite the same. I mean, there was no cello in Piazzolla's group. So you have these different pieces that are being done on the Yo-Yo Ma CD... ...that are all kind of augmented to include (laughs) Yo-Yo into the mix... Um, which, uh, you know, is a really cool result, but again, really different from Piazzolla's own group. And uh, I'll talk more about those di- uh, differences when we get closer to those Yo-Yo Ma excerpts. So in our first excerpt from the CD of Astor Piazzolla's group, I'm going to play an excerpt from the piece Otonio Porteño. This it comes from a larger piece of, uh, four pieces, the Cuatro Estaciones Proteñas, which means, uh, basically means the four seasons of Buenos Aires. Um, so Otoño is autumn. Uh, this is basically, uh, Buenos Aires autumn. And, uh, the piece starts in the middle, in the, uh, I should say something about Piazzolla's usual musical form. Basically, uh, he usually composed in an overall sort of ABA form where you'd have uh, the A section being the main part of the tango, usually fast, rhythmic, and lively with a sort of uh, playful, angular melodies. Then you would come this B section that would be slower in character and usually feature some kind of quasi-improvised section. A lot of times, Piazzolla would do this himself on the bandoneon, which he was a a brilliant improviser. Uh, In this piece, we're going to start in the middle section, uh, and it has the violin improvising uh, with just electric guitar and bass. And uh, how this works is uh, it would have a written-out melody, and then the player would take that written-out melody and improvise around you know this already existing written out melody uh so it's not 100% pure uh improvisation but it is improvisation um around an existing theme uh so this is usually how piazzolla's pieces work so we're going to uh start with this section of the violin improvising And then this will lead into the whole band coming back in with the main Otonio Porteño theme uh, in this faster rhythmic uh, tango tempo sort of uh, ending the piece, uh, you know, just with an exciting ending to the piece. And again, this whole section of violin just totally blurs the line between classical and jazz. You know, what is it? Um, So here it is. Antonio Porteño So in excerpt number two, we have this exciting finale of Piazzolla's Concierto para quinteto uh, This is basically a concerto for quintet. Um, and uh, here we really ha- hear the classical influence on Piazzolla. The excerpt starts with a melody stated in the electric guitar. And, well, I don't know, it's, it's, it's like kind of like a melody slash harmonic progression slash ground bass passacaglia figure kind of all in one uh, this is picked up by the bandoneon in its own varied version then by the violin in its own variation and then finally by the piano in yet another variation of this melody uh, so it's like this interesting variation canon if you will uh, if such a thing exists um, and so they go through this kind of variation canon and then all come together at the end for the big finale of the piece. <laughs> ¶¶ So in our next excerpt, Piazzolla's Muerte del Angel, uh, which means death of the angel. We hear the full flower really of Piazzolla's classical training and his interest in the music of Johann Sebastian Bach. Um, This this music is originally taken from a play and uh, apparently a scene depicting an angel in battle with a demon. And by the title, we can see that the angel came out. (laughs) on the losing side uh so the piece starts with really a full-blown fugue on the muerte theme and unfolds in exactly the manner laid out by you know by bach um but it's still 100 percent piazzolla the music and uh if you'd like to learn more about what a fugue is and how a fugue works uh, you can go back to All the Cool Parts number 12, the first I really sort of explain what fugues are and how they work. Um, so anyway, uh, so this fugue happens on this theme, and uh, this gives way to the entire group playing the theme over a walking bass line, uh, which leads into one of Piazzolo's famous Bendonion solos. And uh, this is an example of an- another example, like the violin... Uh, example from Antonio Porteño uh, of improvising around this existing written out melody. And you'll hear what an awesome improviser uh, Piazzolla was. Um, this also harkens back, you know, not only to jazz, because when we think of, when we hear somebody improvising now, we immediately think that comes from jazz, but it also harkens back to uh, Baroque concertos. Uh, because back in Johann Sebastian Bach's day, uh, when you'd have a concerto like... Uh, if you went back and listened to his Brandenburg Concerto Number no. 5, for example, this is the concerto that features the harpsichord. There's this uh, giant solo cadenza for harpsichord in the first movement of Brandenburg 5. And originally, this cadenza would not have been written out. Uh, this would have been improvised completely by Bach. And in other concertos of the period, even later in Mozart's time, even in Beethoven's time, this was a feature of the concerto where the cadenza would not be written out. It would be improvised by the performer. And this was one measure of the performer's virtuosity, you know, how well they could improvise this cadenza. Uh, Nowadays, cadenzas are always written out and they're, you know, played from rote. But back then... They were improvised just like this. Um, so here it is Piazzolla's very exciting and awesome Muerte del Ángel. Adios Nonino was written in 1959 for the passing of Piazzolla's father, affectionately known as Nonino, and uh, it's become one of Piazzolla's most popular and most performed songs. Uh, in this version, we're going to hear pianos, uh, pianist Pablo Ziegler take the tune of Adios Nonino and do a really fantastic and extended improvisation on it. Um, Here again, the line between classical and jazz piano is really just obliterated and uh, can only be seen in the light of the whole genre of of Nuevo Tango that Piazzolla created. Uh, Incidentally, Ziegler is actually still living and composing and performing in Buenos Aires and still carrying the torch of Nuevo Tango into the 21st century, still developing it and uh, still carrying on Piazzolla's dream. So here is... Pablo Ziegler with this uh, amazing uh, improvisation on Adios Nonino. So the next excerpt is from Tristezas de un doble A. Um, and this is like the previous improvisation that we just heard. It's, it's definitely more on the jazz side. Um, all the musicians here are doing a sort of improvisational jazz device called call-and-response. This is where they're, they're all improvising and all playing off of each other. They're playing off of what everyone else is doing. So you'll have one musician pick up a fragment of what another musician is doing and expand on it and then you'll have another musician pick up on that and expand on it further and further and further and they just kind of continue to do this um, over and over again it's a it's a total jazz device so here we have an almost total departure from the classical side and really get uh, an almost purely jazz section in this piece Tristezas de on Doble A In our next example, uh, this is another example from his Cuatro Estaciones Porteñas, The Four Seasons of Buenos Aires. This is summer, uh, Buenos Aires summer, or verano porteño. Uh, And here we hear the very beginning of the piece, uh, and we hear it present this lively, sometimes really acerbic, and some may say hot theme uh, to truly evoke the summer of Buenos Aires. Next two excerpts, I'm going to play back-to-back without pause. Uh, And this piece is uh, the Libertango. And uh, it's interesting that the Libertango is the final track on the Piazzolla CD and the first track on the Yo-Yo Ma CD, uh, as I'm going to use it as a bridge to transition from one CD to the other. So I'm going to play the same opening music of Libertango back-to-back. First, you'll hear the Piazzolla Quintetto, then the group put together by cellist Yo-Yo Ma. And right away, you'll be able to hear the differences in their approaches. Piazzolla's group being much more wild and free with the music, while Yo-Yo Ma's group being slower, tighter, more refined, and more precise. Um, The latter version, the Yo-Yo Ma version, is really kind of the trend today as more and more classical musicians pick up Piazzolla's music. And classical musicians... uh, are famously don't improvise they're not comfortable with improvisation um but uh i don't know maybe if more classical musicians play piazzola's music more and hear piazzola himself and piazzola's own group play this music uh you know that might start to to change a little bit it is changing Uh, there are more classical musicians these days that are rediscovering the art of improvisation And I'll really get into that in today's All the Cool Parts Idol a little bit later You'll hear But uh, You know uh, On a personal level uh, The reason I decided to do this podcast This week Was a couple of days ago on October 5th I played in a concert of Al Piazzola On the campus of Indiana State University uh, I played electric guitar And um, On the concert I played in this piece, this very piece, Libre Tango. Uh, and at the end of Libre Tango, I was asked to do an improvised solo. And, uh, even though, you know, I'm a classical musician and, uh, really not used to doing, uh, improvisation. I wasn't really totally comfortable with it. Uh, I would totally welcome the opportunity to do it again. I thought it was awesome. Um, and, uh, just a really great opportunity. Um, And uh, so, yeah, as more classical musicians play Piazzolla's music, you know, this this divide, this wall between improvisation and classical music might start to break down more and more. So uh, here it is, uh, both versions of Piazzolla's Libertango. kind of in a completely different world. Um, 1997, Yo-Yo Ma releases the CD. At this point, Piazzolla has been gone for four years. Um, And uh, more and more, as I said, more and more classical musicians and classical ensembles are discovering Piazzolla's music and recording it. And uh, it's just a much different... I'm not saying I don't think it's any worse or, or better, but it's just different... Uh, the kind of different vibe from when Piazzolla was, you know, out touring, out performing his own music with his own group. Uh, and, uh, this next excerpt is from a piece, uh, example of Piazzolla's music from his latter years, uh, a piece of music that was not written for his own group to play. This is a thoroughly composed piece uh, much more on the classical side of the spectrum. Uh, it is his Tango Suite, and this was composed in the late 80s for the Brazilian classical guitar duo of Sergio and Odair Assad. Um, and uh, just a little bit about Sergio and Odair Assad. They are uh, perhaps the greatest classical guitar duo in the world uh, currently. And um, I'm sure I'll end up doing an episode on one of their CDs. They've got way too many great CDs to not do at least one episode on. Uh, So look for that in the future. And really, I mean, uh, uh, if you haven't heard them, you know, go get one of their CDs. It really doesn't matter which one. They're just, they're an awesome duo. So here they they make a return for this CD. So they originally recorded this piece, uh, Classical Guitar Duo, uh, in... I don't know, I want to say like 88, something like that. Um, here they return almost 10 years later to do it with Yo-Yo Ma again, and, and the pieces are sort of like all these other pieces. That they're kind of augmented and changed around a little bit to include Yo-Yo in the mix. Um, so in this example, we hear uh, this exciting finale of the third movement, the Allegro of uh, Piazzolla's Tango Suite. <laughs> excerpt comes from the uh, Piazzolla's Le Grand Tango and uh, this is another kind of purely classical piece uh, written for cello and piano. And the story goes, it was originally um, written for Russian cello virtuoso Rostropovich uh, and sort of sent to Rostropovich uh, just kind of blindly. Um, and apparently it, it sat on Rostropovich Uh, bleh, 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 Rostropovich's shelf for eight years. Uh, He just kind of sat there ignored uh, because Rostropovich had no idea who Piazzolla was. Um, Then finally, after eight years, he apparently decided to take it out and give it a look. And after playing through it, loved the piece and began performing it regularly. And so that's how it got its start. Uh, So here in this piece, in this excerpt from the piece, which is quite long, we hear Piazzolla's introspective and melodic side, and of course, here it's performed beautifully by Yo-Yo <laughs> Piazzolla's fugata number two. Uh, it unfolds much like the Muerte del Angel fugue we heard earlier. We hear the initial fugue subject stated by the cello alone. Uh, this is then followed by the violin, then the bandoneon, and finally in the lower registers by the bass and piano. Uh, this then launches into the cello, violin, and bandoneon in one of uh, Piazzolla's quasi-improvisatory im. <laughs> Improvisatory, that's the word, um, improvisatory angular melodies, and they're all sort of uh, playing in unison, uh, accompanied in these pulsating rhythms by the bass and piano, and just really exciting stuff. <laughs> Thank yeah. you. Yeah. Excerpt comes from Piazzolla's Mumuki. We hear fluid lines weaving in and out of each other in this really complex contrapuntal tapestry of sound. Uh, and it's presented, I don't know, in this almost string quartet like setting or texture. Um, the piece ends with ethereal and haunting high violin harmonics and a dark and thoughtful melody in the cello. <laughs> Hey all, welcome to this week's All the Cool Parts Idol. And uh, on this week's show, I have a submission from composer Gregory Hall, and uh, it is really a perfect submission for this show. Greg is a composer, you know, he composes um, just like most classical composers, you know, with pieces all written out on paper. However... Uh, He's also an extremely talented improviser, and so this is uh, kind of continuing this trend um, of classical musicians that are able to improvise, and improvise incredibly well in this style. You know, less of a jazz style and more of a, you know, quote-unquote classical style. Um, And uh, Greg is uh, just an awesome player. And uh, I'm going to play an improvisation of his that he recorded in... uh, Now, this will take a little bit of explaining. Um, What Greg does, or uh, one of his biggest outlets, I should say, for uh, his uh, performance of these improvisations is in Second Life. Now, if you're not familiar with what that is, Second Life is uh, kind of an online virtual... Uh, social community. Uh, I'm not really sure how to explain it. Uh, But if you go to secondlife.com, you can uh, read about it. Basically, it's a a virtual world that you go into and it's completely user created. So, in other words, um, a user might go in and they might buy a plot of virtual land. That's right, buy with with actual money, uh, virtual land, and then they can build whatever they want on that land. So they could build an entire island devoted to classical music with a giant performance hall and you know other places uh, that might uh, serve as educational buildings and what have you. And uh, one of the things that Greg does is he will perform live concerts. And there are many other classical musicians and musicians of every genre inside Second Life uh, performing live concerts for people. So this is a uh, kind of a worldwide stage where you can go in with your avatar. So that's what you do when you first go into Second Life. You create an avatar with a name, you know, they give you this list of last names that you can choose from and then you, you know, your first name of your avatar can be whatever you want it to be. Uh, then your avatar, you know, you can move around in this world and interact with it and interact with other uh, people, other people's avatars, I should say, um, in the world of Second Life. And one thing that you can do in Second Life with the technology is that people are able to stream live audio, into Second Life, uh, a CD-quality audio into Second Life. And so you can actually go and attend live concerts in Second Life. So this is one thing that uh, Greg does a lot. He'll do it weekly, sometimes multiple times per week in different locations around Second Life. And it's cool because, you know, anyone in the world can attend this concert. And uh, unlike... Uh, concert and that you would go to in real life, you can actually interact with the performer. So uh, in between sets, when uh, Greg is preparing, <clears throat> excuse me, preparing for the next piece, you can chat with him, and you know talk to him about the music, ask him questions, make requests, whatever. You know it's just it's it's a pretty cool thing, and uh, so that's uh, one major outlet. For Greg's creativity and he has recorded many of these improvisations now I should say like the piazzolla where he has piazzolla will have a existing melody so an existing melodic framework to work with and then improvise around that that's what Greg does with these pieces so he'll have some existing music and uh then he will go and improvise around that music. Sometimes it's um, several different pieces. And uh, let me go. You can hear me typing. I need to get into my email. Oh, uh, I typed the wrong password. Um, What do you mean incorrect? That ain't incorrect. Uh... Give me one second. You know, I should really stop this and be professional, but... uh, No, I'm just going to do it this way. Okay, so Greg says that... um, I'm going to play an improvisation of his uh, that's really just simply titled um, Woodstock 81410. So that means... That uh, on August This was recorded on August 14th of 2010 And it was recorded At a venue in Second Life Called Woodstock Um, And uh, He says about this improvisation That it's based on two Motives from his own Work, one titled Symbolist Minimal and the other Titled Pavan Galliard Um, And so He brings in all sorts Of influences into his music not only his own music and his own themes but um influences from Ravel and uh Scriabin and uh other composers and and just sort of uh uses all these influences to improvise these pieces and so i should say you know this piece it's a live it's a recording of a live performance this is not a studio Performance where it could have been sort of cobbled together from different takes. This is one live take, completely improvised in the style. And uh, it's uh, really amazing to hear someone that can do something like this. So uh, here it is. Uh, without further ado, this is a composer and improviser, Greg Hall, and his imp- uh, improvisation, piano improvisation, entitled Woodstock 814. 10 and uh i will put links to greg's information and also a link to his soundclick.com page that contains many more recordings of his improvisations that you can listen to um if you want to check him out further and i would uh highly recommend doing that so here it is <laughs> i won't delay anymore greg hall here he is Hey, performers, performing ensembles, and composers, All the Cool Parts podcast wants your music for All the Cool Parts Idol. If you're an emerging artist with a good quality recording, and you'd like All the Cool Parts podcast to share it with the world, please email sound files and other details to allthecoolparts at gmail.com. Help me share your music with the world. And that's going to do it for this edition of of All the Cool Parts, number 20. Um, thank you all very much for listening. I really appreciate it. If you feel like it, head over to iTunes and leave us a review. We will uh, It will be greatly appreciated. And uh, for next week, well, I don't know what I'm going to do yet. So I guess you'll find out. Um, if you would like to email us, and please do, we'd love to get your email. Love to get your feedback. You can email us at allthecoolparts at gmail.com. You can look at the show notes at allthecoolparts.blogspot.com. You can check out my website at anthonyjosephlandman.com. You can follow me on Twitter at twitter.com slash anthonylandman. And uh, you can follow me on Facebook and all that stuff too. So uh, I'm going to leave you guys with Pietzola's. Uh, wonderfully beautiful piece, Milonga del Angel, and we'll see you next time. Bye-bye.